Hello and welcome to this podcast. Um, after day three of the Tour de France with me, Karen Harris and Dav Thomas. Dav, do you want to say hello? Oh yeah, how's it going, mate? Uh, this is virtually distance, obviously, in the current uh, great COVID landscape that we live in. Um, but yeah, trying to do this over teams, which should be quite fun. Um, so yeah, we we've been chatting throughout the tour, and I think. We had our own predictions of the how the tour would go. Those have yeah. been uh, swept slightly aside. Um, I was going to start this pod by sort of talking about how bad a weekend it's been for Welsh sport in general, with um, yeah Wales football losing, um, the Lions obviously Alan and Jones getting injured, then Geraint Thomas losing time on Sunday, and then we had today's stage stage three where. Geraint goes down, looks like he's the whole tour's over for him in the first yeah. first five, ten minutes, and then all of a sudden we're it's it's not looking so bad for Geraint, maybe. I mean compared to the others, he's actually not in a bad position now. What is he after he's where is he, thirty seconds down? No, he's a, he's a, he is a full minute down. He's a foot well, he's a full minute down well, on Vanderpool, yeah. but only thirty on yeah. Carabaz. Yeah. On the Guys. Which is a better position than we can say for, you know, the likes of Miguel Angel Lopez and Roglic as well. Yeah. I don't know. Um not a not a good start though for 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 Ineos, that's for certain. Um so should we start with day one, I think. We'll start with the start, which is start. you you predicted MVP. Uh, Matty van der Poel. I did. I did. And I had, I had PL, I, I had, I didn't have PL at all, that was for day two. Uh, day one, I thought Wout van Aert would be given licence to go, but he, he seemed to be, was it, would you say he was on domestic duty on day one? Or would you think he was going full gas, but just couldn't keep up with Alaphilippe? I think, I think he was going full gas. Just couldn't, just couldn't hold it. Yeah, it is. That that I thought Alaphilippe would be too obvious. I really did. I thought I thought it was too obvious as well. I thought I yeah. thought the GC teams wouldn't do the same mistakes they did in twenty was it twenty seventeen twenty eighteen um, when they let him go get all that time twenty eighteen wasn't it? It was the year after. Um, I didn't think they'd give him all that time. I thought they'd keep him on a tight leash. But no, they let him go up the road or he just leaves them for dead. Yeah. I thought it would be uh, Matthew van der Poel versus Alaphilippe versus Wout van Aert, just like in Strada Bianchi, Stavia. Yeah. And I want van der, for van der Poel based on that he dropped both of them by quite a lot. Yeah, it was... But, yeah. yeah, didn't go quite like that. <laughs> no, it, for, for anyone that hasn't seen it, it was basically the Alaphilippe show. Um, essentially, um, Alaphilippe, you know, Dakota Quipstep did their job, took took Alaphilippe to about two k to go. Was it two k's to go left on the climb? It was. It was about two point three kilometers to go. Yeah, and Dries Devenins drops him off and then says, "On your way," and he just go for it. yeah left everyone for dead. I think we saw uh, Pierre Latour try and catch up. We saw Pagacha and Roglic make an effort, although I did see today, I don't know if you've seen, Pagati did do an interview where he said that he 
the classic GC line of I could have done it, but I didn't want to burn all my matches, which is the you know <laughs> is a line I've heard several times. Um, I was yeah, that's a load of nonsense. That <laughs> I th- I don't think anyone could have could have caught up with him to be honest today uh, um, on that See, day. He was. What I heard was he was the first. Frenchman in twenty years to win the yellow jersey on an opening stage of a Tour de France. Yeah, which is mad considering the quality uh-huh. that's been in France. But I suppose when you think of it as prologues, etc., etc., they haven't had. I think Demar is probably their first sprinter in a long time yeah. that's been out and out quality sprinter. In terms of time trialists, you know it's been dominated by the Brits and by the Dutch and by. Uh, by the Belgians for a long time and Swiss obviously yeah. with Fabio yeah and Tony Martin as well yeah of course of course you almost forget that he was a time trialist originally with his you know sort of domestic role that he currently does no but yeah pretty pretty scary attack from Alphilippe and um, I think I think then it was an interesting group that finished um, just behind him you saw Pogaccia Roglic that the expected two or three with Michael Matthews, which is an interesting one with the green jersey. Um, yeah. I didn't think he'd be in the line to win the green jersey this year. I didn't have him as a possibility. I don't know about you. No, no. not at all. Because I, I thought it would be... I've got to be honest, I, I had Caleb Ewan. We'll come to that later. But um, I, Stage one? Oh, no, overall. just overall yeah. green jersey. Uh, I I thought he, I thought he'd have a real good chance there. Yeah, I thought I thought Sagan for green jersey this year. And still think, to be honest, I, I think he's got a great chance now. I don't think there's a an out and out sprinter who's going to win each stage now. Now that Ewan's out, I think no. I think Ewan could have won six. Of those eight sprint stages, I really do think that you know, assuming they all go to sprint, which is a massive assumption. You know, there's bound to be one or two that go to a um, breakaway, but I really, I couldn't see anyone. I couldn't see anyone touching him. He's he's so much quicker than everyone else. Bar the one other person that I've got isn't possible for green jersey is Mattia van der Poel now, but. I think we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. Um, but yeah, I would love to see that. I would love to see that yellow jersey and then just goes for green jersey. Be great. It would be great. Um, but then, but yeah, that's that's that was the interesting thing we saw in day one. Obviously, was that Alaphilippe took the win. Um, a gap of eight seconds, I think, on the line, wasn't it? And then Michael Matthews took the next bonus seconds, and Roglic beating Pogacar in the sprint. And uh, the other thing which happened was uh, the crashes. The crashes, yes. Uh, so, do you remind me on stage one who who crashed who crashed uh, severely on stage one? I know Sutilin was out. So, there was a crash about forty five k to go. Yeah. Which was caused by that fan. Oh yeah, yeah. That hardboard who yeah ha- wasn't even watching the race. Hello, grandma. And- Grandma and Grandpa in both languages, English, um, French and German, wasn't it? Yeah. And it just stood right in front of Tony Martin. Yeah. 
And then the other crash was about 5k to go, I think, which I think was just a touch of wheels. Yeah, I think I think we saw quite significant damage to the peloton. Um but it's it's sort of gone into insignificance now, um, with what's happened in the the last few days. Um yeah. but yeah, we we saw Tony Martin go down, we saw Roglic go down with him, though Roglic did you know, recover to finish third. So yeah. that says it says all about you need to know about Roglic really. He's a very driven guy. Um the first one I've I've heard that the uh, the police are still looking to sue the lady in question that had the cardboard out to for the fan. What what do you uh, for a grandmother yeah. grandpa? Yeah, they're searching for her on Facebook or something, aren't they? Yeah, I I, I don't yeah. know what I make of that. I don't know whether I mean do you see wait, them? That's, that's going to happen again. That is going to happen again. Yeah. Well, we saw it. The, the most memorable one I I can think of is the one in the year Garant Thomas won the tour. And I think they're going up Alpe d'Huez and Nibali gets caught up with a fan yeah. and breaks yeah. his collarbone. I, yeah, is it is it Alpe d'Huez or is it the other stage? I think it is Alpe d'Huez. It was Alpe d'Huez, yeah. And Nibali gets caught up. Yeah, and he gets knocked out the tour. But there's 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 a case every year, isn't there? And bar last year, <laughs> um, which is <laughs> interesting in itself. But no, no fans. There can't be any instances. Do you think? Do you think they need to have more police, or how how do you better police it in that sort of situation? Forward answer would just put barriers up, but obviously you can't put barriers up everywhere. No, and and you can't stop the fans coming to the side of a road. Yeah, you just yeah, maybe more policing, more awareness. I suppose I suppose a harsh penalty for that individual would yeah. act as a deterrent as well, wouldn't it? But uh, yeah, not it wasn't the ideal start to the tour. That's that's definitely the case. Apart from you know the glorious sights of Alain Philippe winning the winning the stage. Um, I think should we move to stage two, or should we discuss? Actually, should we first discuss Ineos? Ineos and uh, one person who was I felt really sorry for on stage one, which was Chris Froome. Yes. He was so used to being on the front with Sky and out of trouble. Yeah. And then he has this terrible injury and then comes back and day one, welcome back to the Tour de France, Chris, and bang on the floor. I think I think it says an awful lot about him that he gets up and cycles on. I know he finishes 15 minutes down or whatever it was, but you know it says an awful lot about him that he gets up, carries on. I think it would have been very easy for him to... Pack up and leave. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, do you think that it's going to become a more regular occurrence seeing Chris Froome on his backside? You know, there is that old saying in cycling that once you've fallen once, it's it's more likely you fall again and you fall again because there is that fear of falling, which almost leads you to panic. And we'll come to Garrett Thomas later on, but. 
that that fear of falling that may cause you to fall in a strange situation i definitely and it, i think it's more so that he doesn't have that team around him anymore yeah. he hasn't got that strong bunch he, he hasn't got lucro queer costy just keeping him out from danger whereas he was probably halfway down the bench and had nowhere to go yeah no it's a strange one about that team as well though isn't it because before the tour it was announced he wasn't going to be the leader it was going to be michael woods yeah, a lot of team members stayed back with Froome. As in, there were there were two or three team members that stayed back with Froome, which I thought was strange. Yeah, and then you finished the stage. Dan Martin lost five minutes. Michael Woods lost eight minutes. Yeah, so, so I'm a bit bemused about that one personally. Um, I thought that today as well because, um, I think David Miller said it in the commentary. Um, about Greifel was caught up in the. Crash, yeah, yeah. And no one was back to help him. It's a guy who's got you know, eleven stage top. wins. Yeah. yeah, eleven stage wins, flat stage. Okay, maybe doesn't have the, maybe isn't quite his sort of finish. Considering there was that bend right at the end, he's more of a straight drag finish. Probably is fair to say. Yeah. Um, but you'd have still thought, oh, I'd give him a go. You'd have given him a go on that. Maybe he couldn't have got over that final climb. Possibly, I don't know. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, it was a bit of a strange one. Um, we do have to talk about Ineos, and I, I, want to, I want to class them in the Ineos and Movistar because these are two teams that have... Movistar have tied it for years, this trifecta approach, and they had they had four this time because they had Soler as well. I don't know if Soler is targeting the Welter. Has he announced that yet? Well, I'm just, sure. possibly not as a result of... Was it his fall on day two or was it day one he fell? I think it was day one, wasn't it? He had a fall fall on day one, which resulted in him damaging his... He's broken both elbows, I think. Oh, dear. Yeah, so he's out of the tour. Did carry on. Um, Miguel Angel Lopez lost a whole bunch of time on day one. Yeah. Enrique Mas is still up there. He's doing well, in fairness to him. Alejandro yeah. Valverde lost a heck of a lot of time day one. Um, no, it's just different, differently, different level. It they they do have a talent for buggering it up, don't they? Yeah. If hard in my French, but it seems to be the 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 Movistar way is, you know, we'll we'll be a genius once in every thirty days, but you know, for those other twenty nine, we'll find our best ways to. We'll fight amongst ourselves. We won't do as we're told and we'll mess it up. Yeah. But that approach then is filtering through to Ineos or is that a bit harsh? I think that's a bit... Mm, I think that's a bit harsh. What do you think happened to Ineos I mean, on day one? I think... Because they've changed their approach, definitely, because they used to... When they started, yeah, you'd be, you would have Wiggins, sole leader. You'd have Froome, sole leader. You'd have... Even when Thomas won it, he was protected rider, whereas now, maybe they went in with too many options and... Well, half your team being a so-called option or co-leader seems ridiculous to me. Now, whether Ineos went in saying that about... Because... Um, 
because I'd heard several different talks. So I'd heard the talk that Theo Gegenhardt was an option. And I'd heard that Richie Port was obviously an option, having just won the Dauphiné. Um, did you did you get a chance to watch the Dauphiné, the stage he took it's time? It's, it's a strange day because he attacks early and no one goes with him. Everyone watches Thomas. And Thomas ends up just marking moves. Yeah. It's basically what he does the whole rest of the day. So in that sense, I did wonder, is this going to be a classic case of Garrett Thomas ending up being the lieutenant as he was for Egan Bernal when you know Egan Bernal goes up on the on the mountain and all of a sudden the stage gets oh, yeah. stopped. Yeah, that stage really got stopped, yeah. Um and Garrett comes up with a brilliant line of, Oh well I th- I was waiting for the final climb which I, I did love. Um still don't know, you know, maybe he would have won the tour. I wanted to believe him but Bernal was flying that year. He was flying. Yeah. Um and fair play to him again for the Giro but yeah. the I think I don't think Ineos seriously thought Theo Gegenhardt was an option this year. No, no, not with not with Carapaz and Thomas and and well and Port in the in the team. Yeah, you have got to remember Port was third last year. Yeah, was, I had him down for top ten. I had him down for I top had him ten. Down for fifth. I thought I thought he could do something this year, um, but he's another one. Lost two minutes on stage one. Teo lost about five, wasn't it? It was something ridiculous. Yeah. I, I don't know what happened to Teo. Um, I think they got caught up slightly in the crash, was the talk. Um, but then by stage two, they're immediately on domestic duties. And I thought that was pretty telling uh, for yeah. Ineos. Um, I think that brings us quite nicely to stage two. Um, oh, and, what? yeah, I all we need to say is Matthew van der Poel. Yeah, that was in fairness. That was your you 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 went from again. Yeah, well, I also went for Thomas because I thought mm, Thomas might have, want to prove something. But yeah, that didn't go again as planned. Well, I was looking through my predictions. I think I named about six people, and none of them were Matty Van Der Poel. Um, yeah. I think I had I think I had Dan Martin, who's nowhere to be seen. I had Pierre Latour. Because I just basically went on who has form on that mountain before, and uh, safe to say, um, Van was impressive. Though. It, he, I mean, the first time up, he attacked, and then he attacked again. Finish. Yeah, it was pretty telling. You know, the first attack he said, you know, everyone thought, oh, this is the attack. This is the attack. Oh no, he's being reeled in. This is a Tour de France. You know, he's being put in his place, he can't do the normal attacks that he wants to do. Yeah. And then he goes and does it again. And if you watch that second attack, it's not just he does the attack. It's the it's the way he jumps from wheel to wheel. Yeah. Quintana went and yeah. he just brought him back as if he was standing still. Yeah. He he brings back Quintana. He then brings back um, Consoni, is it? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's the, the Italian national champion, isn't it? Yeah. Brings him back and then goes, Well, everyone's looking like they're in the red, I can go again. Yeah. And the second attack was phenomenal. It's I haven't seen anything like that on the tour. I don't know about you. Nah, not not in this uh, day and age. And I th- I thought I what was really telling is in a in a period where we've been 
I know Alaphilippe was led to the mountain by his team and superbly supported. But in a day and age where we've constantly been saying, oh, God, we we don't get these individual rides. It's all about the teams. It's this sort of sky train, yeah. sky train, Ineos train. It's very refreshing to have two two men, especially Van der Poel, who've just gone, well, I'm going. Catch me if yeah. you can, sort of approach. Um, I thought it was absolutely thrilling. I thought the first the first time he went over, I thought it was quite telling who followed. So do you, you know when, so his first attack was to get eight bonus seconds. Pogaccia yeah. got five. Yeah. And then Roglic. And the other man behind was Carapaz. He was the only Carapaz. other man who could follow. She was in the second group, wasn't he? Yeah. He was further back. Yeah. And then... Coming up to the final climb, you've got Ineos absolutely doing an Ineos train, pelting it on the front, seemingly leading to Carapaz with uh, Teo leading out until the bottom, then Richie Porte, Geraint in third wheel and Carapaz. And then as you're going up, G slips, slips back. Couldn't hold Porte's wheel. Couldn't hold Porte's wheel. Or, nearly a kilometre and he just couldn't hold the wheel. He drifted back through the pack and then... Yeah. Yeah. And once it he was sort of holding on to the back end of the pack when Matthew Vanderpool goes first, but then when the counters came later, you know, I think um yeah. Kelderman went, Pogacar and uh Roglic. And that's how it ended with uh Pogacar getting second, Roglic third, Kelderman fourth. Yeah. Interesting for Kelderman. Um a guy who's I was surprised because I thought Buchmann would be their main rider, but yeah, bit 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 of a punchy rider. Maybe maybe not quite lived up to hopes and expectations on on the big climbs. Obviously, his biggest chance was probably last year in the Giro, wasn't it? Didn't he come? He came third to Teo. Has he got any chance for the top ten? Do you think, Calderman? Is he well? Is he still in the race after today? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he is. I think he's I think he's actually quite high up. I think he's thirty thirty eight seconds behind or something like that. I think he's along oh. with Pogaccio in that group that's sort of seven or eight seconds behind Carapaz. Yeah, he is. He, I can see him top ten then. But yeah, it was, it was a really nice moment for Matthew van, van der Poel, obviously, in memory of his grandfather. Um Accompanied yeah. with every single interviewer trying to make him cry, Subaka style. Um, <laughs> I did enjoy that. Um, oh, why were you doing this? Was this in memory of your grandfather? Yes, obviously. Obviously, that is why I pointed to the sky. Yeah. And it, it was good for him after what, you know, the day before where he's a little bit too far back in those. Um, yeah. Well, it was telling how much ground he made up on the first day because yeah. he. Up in that crash, five k to go, and he was, he was like thirtieth position, and then he made it up to Alaphilippe just before Alaphilippe attacked. Yeah. So I was telling of his form, but yeah. Do you think? He wanted <laughs> yeah, well, he, I think he needed to do something after wearing those uh, pretty awful uh, jerseys on day one, the tribute jerseys, which I thought was a little bit uh, presumptuous to say the least. I quite like them. They are retro. Um, I quite like the Alpacine kit full full, uh, full stop, though. I think it's quite nice. 
Yeah. Apart from if they, uh, I'm glad they don't have red helmets because they then would look like the bloody bottles. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they <would>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that pretty much caps stage two. Stage three, yeah. I went obvious with my prediction. I said Caleb Ewan in a sprint finish. I Although said, said. you did say Cav, I did. I did have a dark horse though, and I did say the Alpacine guys. Did you? I did. It's in the chat. <laughs> um, thank you very much. My voice went very high there. Apologies. Um, I did say the Alpacine guys. I didn't know which one would be sprinting, whether it be Philipson or. Um, I've forgotten his Merlier. I've forgotten his name. Or, or Van der Poel himself, to be honest. It could have been. Love it. I think. I think with Alpacine, if you take Van der Poel, Merlier, and Philipson, and then tell Van der Poel that you are the one, you are the main sprinter. It's a bit of a, um, <laughs> a you know, a bird in the face of Merlier and uh, Philipson, especially after Merlier's yeah. form in the Giro. Um, where he's very good, but I think you know we will we'll cap off. We'll we'll talk about the stage winner first. So Merlier winning, Philipson came second actually, following his lead out, and then I yeah. think it's Nasibuhani coming third Buhani. in his um, yeah continued pursuit of a stage victory. Um, but yeah, the stage was overshadowed by. A plethora of crashes and you know I was like I said I was going to talk about how this has been such a bad week weekend for Wales rugby and Wales sports but things are despite the absolutely incredible scenes of Van der Poel and Alaphilippe is this is this a pretty dark day for the tour yeah I, it's, I don't think I've seen so many crashes in, in such a stage like that before because it, it was a pretty banal stage wasn't it it wasn't uh you know i, I remember again coming back to the year garrett thomas won the tour i remember that stage nine on the cobbles the the paris roubaix-esque stage yeah. which was chaos but that's expected chaos today was you know it was flat as a pancake no wind to be seen well not quite flat as a pancake but you know it was relatively flat and then just rolling and Narrow roads. It was chaos. All that stuff. And, you know, we and, met, we mentioned yeah. fan error before, but today was driver error for the majority of crashes, it has to be said, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, do you want to cap them off in chronological order? <laughs> well, I'm trying to... Okay, so the first one was just Geraint. Yeah. Yeah. He, what, what happened? Did he just lose concentration for a bit and... Lost and had his hands off the or something, or well, they they think that could be the case. There's that it's a sort of little there's a little rise in the road, isn't it? And you see, I think it's some sort of speed bump or something. And I think uh, Fiato does a little bunny hop over it, um, yeah. and then it comes to G and he goes down. He takes Tony Martin and I think he also takes Robert Hessink out with him because Hessink yeah, is out. Now. Abandoned. Ab- abandoned and out of the tour, which is a huge loss for Roglic, um, has to be said, especially with um, Tony Martin already banged up from day one and day two now. Um, yeah. oh, sorry, day three. Um, 
But Geraint there is sat on the floor. He looks like he's out. I think everyone... Didn't look like he was out. And he even fist-bumped uh, Luke Rowe, didn't he? As if to say, go catch up. Yeah. I'm not moving. Go on without me, sort of... Uh, yeah. Frodo style, really, in Lord of the Rings, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but a bit less, a bit less melodramatic, maybe, in fairness to G. Um, but we did see... It did look like it was out, and then all of a sudden the the doctor comes over and um, pops 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 his shoulder back in. I think Gareth thought his collarbone had gone. Um, from experience, have you have you done a col- have you done a shoulder or a collarbone? I've never broken anything. Oh, touch wood. You better touch wood. <laughs> um, no, I've so I've dislocated my shoulder, and the worst pain for that is when it's out. When it's back in, yeah. it's it's manageable. It's definitely manageable pain. When it's out, it's horrendous. But once it's back in, it's manageable. The the trouble you'll have is it's going to be stiff. It's going to be yeah. stiff this uh, tomorrow morning. It will be horrendous. But you know, it says a heck of a lot about the guy. You know, we are on about a guy who fractured a hip and carried on racing for other people. Yeah, he's hard as nails, isn't he? Yeah, but we do. And tomorrow's a flat stage as well. Even. Because today was undulating, it had, it, had four, it had two cat four climbs in it, whereas tomorrow it doesn't even have, it doesn't have any climbs. It's no, only, yeah. And it's only under a 50k. So as long as he stays on two wheels, he should be all right tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a big effort, the way the race is going. And there was a big bit on, I think you watched ITV's commentary as I did, and... There was a long bit on ITV's commentary where they were discussing his falls. Yeah, um, I thought that was quite harsh, to be honest. Did you? Yeah, because yeah, they just went into him, went into him, didn't they? For for a good five minutes. But and, and he doesn't turn up to a race thinking, oh, "I'm not concentrated. I'm going to crash." It's just bike racing that happens. But it does seem to happen to him a lot. I think that is fair to say. I think there are some that are unlucky. The one where he gets pushed into a the the, the lamppost, that or the telephone pole back in back in the day. That's the famous one. The one in the Giro where the bottle falls under his wheel at the start in the prologue. Yeah. You know those are, those are famous or the neutral zone. Sorry, rather than prologue, but those yeah. are famous ones for him that are clearly not his fault. However, I watched the Dauphiné. His fall in the Dauphiné was pilot error. He's yeah. he's going down chasing after... I can't remember who it was. It might have been Jack Haig, actually. I can't remember who it was, definitely. But he doesn't need to do what he what he did in the Dauphiné. Falls. Um, you know, really... Was that one of those mountain stages with a descent to finish? It was a descent before a final short climb, really. And in fairness to him, he came back and he got back on the front and did his domestic duties for um, Richie Port that day. But today's fall, I think, comes under the category, from what we've seen, you know, we haven't seen every camera angle, but comes under the category of pilot error. And we do have to look at it and think, right, gee, what... It, it, you can't always be unlucky. And that's my opinion. Uh, I know, I know. You're looking at me as if to say you are insulting G. That is, how dare you? And um, coming from someone who, you know, as someone who doesn't particularly cycle often, I'm probably, I'm probably being very hypocritical. But I think, 
it's only so many times. Cav went through the same period where he was crashing all the time and everyone was saying, oh, come on, Cav, stay on two wheels. But, 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 but it's, it, it, what I'd argue with Garrett is it's not a period. It's been... Just a very long period. It's been, it's been his whole career. No? The non-committal answer suggests you agree, but don't want to agree. <laughs> I know you've probably got a photo still on your wall, but come on, mate. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, as as we mentioned before, that was crash one of what turned out to be a pretty uh, grueling day, frankly. Um, yeah, you think you think it was a bad day for G, and then it turns out it's a very bad day for pretty much everyone um which was crash two was that the one was that the there was one there was a small one off the side wasn't there yeah there was a was it a left hand turn on a narrow road and the rear end of the peloton just missed it yeah and just went straight on that's that's the Jack Haig one, isn't it? Yes. And, you know, as we mentioned before, Jack Haig, in probably the form of his life, really, in fairness to him, absolutely, yeah. he was brilliant on, he was really good on the Criterium de Dauphiné, looked looked like he was coming in, could really challenge, get a top ten. We don't yeah. know the latest on, on Jack Haig. I don't, th- I, I, I don't think he finished, personally. The way he was looking, I haven't seen anything. I don't know if, I think you're looking it up now, but... Um, he looked in a bad way. It was, it wasn't, didn't look great. Was that, was that crash before or after Roglic, Dav? I don't remember. Um, oh, actually, I think that might have been, that might have been after Roglic because I remember seeing footage of... Roglic chasing back on. Roglic chasing back on and because of that crash, there was cars everywhere. And Tony Martin nearly. Of course, yeah. So yeah. the Roglic crash. It was a scare and Thomas style crash, wasn't it? it? To me, first of all, it looked like he barged off, but I think he just clipped wheels with Consoni. I think it is again. Um, just, yeah. And he's gone off the side of the road, but the way he's fallen, he's fallen heavily. Yeah. And. I was surprised by how long it took him to get back on. Is that a bit harsh? Or is that no not not in the sense I don't know the extent of his injuries, but maybe that maybe the speed that maybe the speed at which he didn't get back on suggests yeah. that they are pretty serious injuries. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, he's pretty banged up. It his team did one hell of a job, I think, to to limit that damage to what ended yeah. up being a minute. Tony Martin, former TT champion, just straight. Yeah, Ev- everyone came back, bar Wout van Aert, which I thought was interesting. How serious do you think those two injuries are for Roglic and Geraint in terms of, not necessarily tomorrow, tomorrow, as you say, is flat stage, but in terms yeah. of the TT? They'll be trying to take it as easy as possible tomorrow with that flat stage. And then, yeah, time trial is the stage after, which 
how long it is. About twenty-seven k. It's, it's one of the long. They've got they've got longer time trials this year, haven't they? Um, it's two time trials. Yeah. It's it's a pretty flat time trial from I think when I looked at the yeah, profile. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Yeah, there's no uh, categorized climbs. But for Roglic, he'd have been worried about the time trial anyway, going back to La Plage de Belfi. But now, surely, this is just playing into Pogacar's hands. Yeah, that time trial would have suited um, Geraint as well, wouldn't it? But yeah, those crashes will definitely take its toll. And yeah... I I uh, I wasn't buying completely the it'll pay into his hands the the Garant uh, time trial, you know I think he had a poor time trial at the Criterium maybe that would have added fuel to the fire, he did have a pretty well maybe not maybe poor's a bit harsh but average he was dis- disappointed with it, um. Yeah. Hopefully he'll be a lot better. Hopefully Roglic, you know, hopefully Roglic will be okay as well, but. It certainly helps out the likes of I don't know an Enrique Mass or Richard Carapaz, those guys who maybe don't have quite the time trialing ability of a Roglic, G or Pogacar that might be able yeah. to limit yeah. their losses somewhat to those two. First proper test will be stage nine. Okay, with um, the ride up to Tigne. Um, yeah, I get yeah, given my best French. Excellent. That's my French GCSE for you. Not not too great, um, but do you think it'll? Uh, do, where do you think it'll impact them the most? Because obviously, it looks like Rod is pretty banged up down his sides. But Geraint is he's he's gonna have trouble getting up out of the saddle. Really, is he not with with the lifting lifting his arms up, or is that not gonna be so much an issue? Well, based from today. It wasn't that much of an issue, but it's just if he gets if it gets swollen and it gets more uncomfortable and more uncomfortable. But by stage nine, you'd hope that it's yeah, but it's okay and doesn't affect it that much. I think Ineos will just be trying to. I'm not don't want to say limit their losses because that sounds negative, but I I see in part trying to go up the road and Ineos trying to control it. I think I think that would have been the hope for Ineos, wouldn't it? To have Geraint, to have Richie, to have um, Teo Carapaz as well. That they could have done these attacks to, to isolate Pogacar. Because yeah. that has been the one big thing we've noticed, is Pogacar's team has been pretty non-existent. You know, they got Rafael Micah this year um, and Mark Hirschi. Hirschi has separated his shoulder, I think, on stage one. Um, so that's pretty serious. But then, Micah, Rafa Micah is an age-old question, which is, what is he? Because he's he's a sort of climber who doesn't like to descend. He's he wants to yeah. go for stage races, but it just is not, frankly, quite in that elite category. No, he's domestic level now, isn't he? He's domestic he's level. Quite a while. But does he have the mentality to be domestic? I question that. I massively question that. He's never struck me as the most 
committed to the team, but maybe 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 that's wrong of me. But he was part of that Borough team for years and helped Sagan at times. Um, so maybe I'm wrong, but I did watch a bit of the Tour of Slovenia and they sort of. I couldn't really describe how they raced it. It was it was a bit of a procession for Bogacar, frankly. Um, do you think? Do you think that team could come into to cost Bogacar, or do you think it'll be like last year where he'll just be too strong? I. I so back to predictions. I did have Thomas winning. I yeah. don't know. I'd Bogacar and followed by Roglic. Yeah, but after those first three stages, based on form alone, mm. I could see Pogasha just dominating. I think, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. I, I, I personally saw Pogasha dominating before. I had Pogasha, then I think I had Roglic, then Carapaz, or uh, Carapaz, then Roglic. I can't remember. Um, and I think Pogacar is definitely the strongest rider. I think the way to attack him, you've got to force him to be on the front. I think last year he got away with a lot by just following trains, following yeah. following the um, Jumbo Visma train all day, every day. But As you say, the way to isolate him is just to keep attacking him over and over, It's so which is what Ineos could have done if they uh, if well, if they had all stayed upright and stayed together on those first three stages. My yeah, my worry for Ineos in that tactic is, do I see a situation where Roglic sits back and says, no, I won't work, you work, where he's got Sepkus there, where he's got, okay, Helsink has now had to go, but say you yeah. had Sepkus and Wout van Aert there, and do I see yeah. him saying to them, no, Pogacar, you've got to ride. I'm not riding for you. I don't see that from Roglic. One, he's a fellow Slovenian, and two, I think Roglic is so hell bent on winning that he wouldn't, he wouldn't give that opportunity for someone else to just ride away with it. Like you know, say a Carapaz goes early and they keep G in behind. I don't see that happening. I don't see him forcing Pogacar to race to to ride. But I don't know whether you see something different with that. No, that's an interesting one. Because if it was, say, it was an Enric Mass or a Movistar rider, hundred percent they'll force Pogacar to ride. Yeah. But I don't see Roglic doing that. I think, I think he'd see it as, well, I want to beat Pogacar because I've beaten Pogacar, not because. I've I've forced him to ride sixty k's on the front, or twenty k's on the front. Yeah, but then the other hand is he he he. Well, I, I can tell you. Doesn't want a repeat of last year when he loses it <laughs> on the like last day. trial like that. Yeah, stage he'll want to be confident going into the last few stages, which so and they're bike racing at the end of the day. So maybe let him ride. We'll see. Um, I think this is a good point to do. We'll do predictions first, and then we'll come back to Green Jersey and um, Caleb Ewan crash um so if we do overall i think well i've gone pagacha one i'm gonna say carapaz two with i'm sticking with roglic in third i think i think he'll have enough to get over that and his team is so strong i think he'll be okay um 
have you now changed to Pogacar one? Is that what you're saying now? So yeah, these are new predictions, okay? Yeah. So Pogacar one. Yeah. Um, and then I guess it depends how how much how injured Roglic is, isn't it? It does massively. Him and G, obviously. We know what we we think we know what G happened to G, um, with a discarded shoulder, but. Roglic, I don't think anyone knows what the extent of those injuries will be. He probably doesn't know himself. Can you can you be on the podium of a Tour de France having uh, suffered a dislocated shoulder in the first week? I don't know. After a while. I don't know. I have no idea. I suspect not. But do you, do you want to do you want to put him on there? No, I'm going to put uh, number one uh, Pochka, number two Carapaz. Number three, Roglic. Fair enough. So we've gone exactly the same. Um, what What about the remaining of the top ten? Anyone you think we should look out for? I think... I, I think the first three will be separated by no more than three minutes and then by seven, eight, nine, field B plus ten minutes probably. Yeah, because coming into coming into this tour, I would have had these were the names that I had: Enric Mas. I think yeah. he's always there or thereabouts. He's pretty consistent. I'd have had Miguel Angel Lopez somewhere in and around the top ten, but he's already lost a bunch of time. Um, I'd have had I'd have had G there. I'd have had Richie there. I would have gone with Emmanuel Buchmann as well. Yeah. Um, I'd have had uh, well, I'd Yates. Lopez, Quintana, Wagner Powells, Woods, and Richie Port, and obviously Thomas as well. Yeah, I think, I think Enric Mas will still be up there in the top top. He'll be top five, I think. Enric Mas. I could see um, Quintana doing quite well, top ten. Really? Yeah. I don't see that. He had a good stage. He did have a good stage yesterday. He, I was surprised he attacked. Very surprised. Yeah. But it's Quintana. Well, it's a uh, Van der Poel's attack. It didn't really look like an attack, did it? <laughs> no, no. It's like he out the saddle. <laughs> it, it was quite a funny part where Quintana looks like he's going to go again and then looks across to Matthew Van der Poel and goes, no, nah, I don't think I fancy it anymore. <laughs> uh, and then finally, we do need to mention Killebu and his crash at the end of the stage today was pretty horrendous. And he's had to abandon. Not pro- touch of wheels, wasn't it? He seemed to have overlapped the Alpecin rider in front of him. Yeah. And yeah, just wiped himself out and Sagan in the process. Yeah, and both looked. Sagan looked really racy. He looked really racy today. I thought yeah. it's the first time I've seen him bumping and barging people in a long time, and that was quite nice to see, actually, in a strange way. He. Pretty much forced, um, I think it was Consoni off, uh, or no, Cespol off the wheels of the Alpecin riders. He made sure he yeah. was getting those those wheels correctly, but yeah, it wasn't to be for him, unfortunately. Um, that was my pick for the green jersey. Now I think it's open to anyone. I think anyone could take that green jersey, except for grabs. Yeah, I think Sagan's got it. He'll be his, his eighth green jersey. Something ridiculous. Yeah. 
it's I think it's his yeah, I think you're right. I think seventh or eighth, yeah. Another thing I want to talk about, mm-hmm. which I found hilarious, I th- well I found pretty good to watch was um Cavendish working for um Alaphilippe on stage two. Yeah. You know? When yeah. he was blocking um Podgar from uh, moving across the quick set side. So he was on the front and he was obviously listening to team orders because he kept flat flicking his elbow because he didn't want to be there. But he was being told to block the other teams. <laughs> yeah, Miko Moku was not commit letting him through, letting him off that easily, was he? He was he's saying, no, you stay on the front, you stay on the front. Um, I did enjoy that. I think there have been two highlights, comedic highlights on the tour. That one has been the one. And then Schelling for one point uh-huh. have been pretty <laughs> darn good. Um, full out. For, you know, full out sprint for one mountains point and you end up not having the jersey at the end of the day was pretty stellar on day two with you know van der Poel's activities but he does have the jersey now and uh, I think we can look forward to shelling uh, speeding away from the competition sometime soon again hopefully but yeah what's your prediction for the stage tomorrow then flat stage sprinter Cav. stage Cav you're going Cavendish I'm going Cavendish again he has won there before Interesting. That could be the front three again. Wouldn't surprise you, would it? I can't see Greifel there. I can't see Greifel being there. Maybe not. I I, I, can see Cav winning. I don't think Lotto have enough of a plan B with yesterday boost. I don't think he's good enough. We could see a long range. I, I suspect Lotto will go long with someone. Someone will go long for Lotto in the, in the last three or four K. Breakaway. Thomas de Ghent maybe in the breakaway. He loves a breakaway. He does love a breakaway. Maybe not an all flat breakaway though. I don't see him going all flat. I think that's a bit too boring for him. <laughs> There's not enough mountain points to randomly sprint for 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 Thomas de Ghent. But I think I think we I think you could see a late attack by I don't know. Um, the likes of yesterday with the boost or Gilbert. or Thomas de Hent or Gilbert definitely Gilbert yeah um, I th- I if I'm going to predict tomorrow I'm going Alperson and I'm going to say Philipson okay I think he made the call late on today and he went I'll go ahead of you that's what I think uh, Medley has said in his interview. And I think he'll go for tomorrow. I think they'll want the trifecta. I think they'll want to win three days in a row. It could well be Mattia van der Poel, though. It suits him. It's long, it's flat, it's it's going to be fast. And I just... It suits him, he's just one Well, everything bloody suits him by the looks of things. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I'm going Can you think to... of another rider who... Um... Reminds you of Vanderpool, who wins like that. The closest thing is Alaphilippe or Van Aert. They are the closest things, aren't they? Yeah. Um, historically. Yeah. Historically. There's none coming to my imagination. No. Yes. No, no. Obviously, Merckx was. Uh, 
the famous one for winning on all sorts of terrain, wasn't he? Yeah. I suppose to a lesser extent, I think Gianni can do it, Moscon. Yeah. But no, definitely not to the to the extent not that he could do that. it. No, no, but I, I have seen Gianni sprint pretty well. And, yeah. and he can climb-ish when he's not punching people in the face. And, um, <laughs> um, but what's made this tour is Van der Poel's first Tour de France, but it's also his first Grand Tour. It's mad, isn't it? It's mad. It's just, which is insane. But then, you know, Pogaccio wins in his first uh, Tour de France. Yeah. I don't think he'll win again this year. Yeah, I think he's nailed on. I think he's massive favourite. Um, despite trading Carapaz by whatever, seven, seven or eight seconds, but I'm sure you'll find a way of getting that back in a 20 kilometre time trial. Um, what's your prediction for Wednesday time trial? I've seen BBC Sport have gone with Stefan Kung, which is a good bet, but I think he's done a fair bit of work for David Gadu and would be expected to do more. Is there anyone you would suggest? I think Potentially Victor Campanat from Team Quebec Asos. Yeah, it's a good one. He's yeah, got a, um, time trial record. Yeah, he's he's, he's in decent form as well. I think you was it the Giro he won a stage. Um, yeah. In the rainy day, the horrible day. So I think he could be a good yeah. bet. Um, I'm going with Casper Asgren. I think, I think the Wolf Pack I will think, strike again. Yeah, I think uh, it's another. Time trial, which would suit uh, Primus Roglic and um, uh, Geraint Thomas, but with their injuries, I don't think they'll be in a state to compete for the win. Have you seen um, the photo of Roglic on uh, the internet this morning after the stage yesterday? Uh, no, I haven't. Is that is it on his Instagram or something? Yeah, it's on his Instagram. He's dressed like a mummy. Oh no, God! Let's have a look. Bandages all over him, so it worked. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can see that now. It doesn't look um, doesn't look good for him, does it? Really? Uh, I suppose. What have you have you had that before when you've fallen? Is that is that what's it like the following morning? It's just when you've got that many cuts on on your body, it's just uncomfortable to sleep in. So you'll be with your blood seeping. You'll be sticking to the sheets, and you won't have had a good night's sleep. So that will affect him. How, how long do you think that affects you before it sort of scabs over and it is a bit more... Because, you know, today today's stage isn't the, the most taxing for him, but what what's it going to be like for the time trial? Is it still going to be that case? Um, I think it'll be slightly better for the time trial, but still uncomfortable. So, yeah. Yeah, he'll be, he won't be going for the win for the time trial. No. Well, there's our predictions then. Um when do you think the be- next best time to do uh, a pod is, Stav? End of the week, maybe? End of the week, yeah. Um, so, stage nine is on Sunday, which is a hill finish, mountain finish. So, I think uh, the GC will have a big shake-up then. So, I think that'll be a good time to do it. Big shake-up and hopefully G can stay on two wheels. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening to this pod, and um, yeah, look out for the pod that's coming on Sunday as well. Cheers. Ciao. Bye, Dave. Bye.